Hi everyone, it's Marie and Brittany again from The Property Management Show and Four and Half, a marketing agency for property managers. We are going to be interviewing Carlos Velis today from Vision Property Management right in our own backyard of Oakland, California. He'll be talking to us about how to branch out beyond traditional property management services. And so if that's something that piques your curiosity, make sure you keep listening. Thank you for joining us, Carlos. We are very, very excited to have you. Um, before we dive into today's topic, where we're going to talk to you about different lines of business outside of your property management business and expanding into those lines of business or sister companies, whatever mm -hmm. we want to call them. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your company, just a, a few sentences to give our listeners an idea of who you are? Sure. So I'm the CEO of Vision Property Management. Um, we uh, went live on November uh, 17 of 2016. We just uh, had our three-year anniversary. Uh, we are Congrats. currently managing, thank you, thank you, currently managing uh, 700 units uh, and currently are negotiating a, a contract for an additional 150 units. Uh, local, in, in here in Oakland by Lake Merritt, and uh, most of our accounts are within um, 20, 25 mile radius. That's really cool. Quick question before we even dive in further. Mm -hmm. So you started three, three years ago and did you get all of your properties um, just organically or did you buy another company? Yeah, no, great question. So um, I come from, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, this uh, triangle business idea that I, that I came, came, came with. Um, so I was doing a little bit of construction uh, renovating apartments in 2000 and and from 2012 to 2017 but in 2016 one of my my biggest clients in in construction in renovating units who was buying uh, at that time probably he bought 80 units around Oakland um, he suddenly just broke down and he sat down and he said I cannot find a good property manager here in Oakland. He's like, they, they don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't get any reports. They spend money like they like there's no tomorrow. And I'm listening to this guy and I'm like, well, my plan was always to open a property management company because that's, that's my career. That's where I come from. And I said, um, would you give me three months to get all my license and things in order and would you give me a shot in managing your 25 apartments at that time you had 25 apartments and he said of course no questions asked so three months came and i you know i i sent him an email and said all right i'm ready so bring your portfolio so that's how i started 25 units yeah. that's so cool yeah that's really really cool that's a good story um so that's kind of how you got started officially in, in, property, in property management, management as a business. Yeah. And then since then, you've probably had other relationships like that too. Um, and I'm sure I, having the construction piece also helps because you have people that are building buildings that you could right. hopefully manage. I'm sure that ties into it. So let's talk about that a little bit um, because we know that you have your, what did you call it? Your triangle? Triangle. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so can you tell us how you started that um, and how you got the idea to have the, the triangle? Right. So um, I, I, I came from construction uh, and, you know, the, it, it was good business. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. I don't love construction. Uh, I like it. That's it. I don't miss it. If he leaves, I'd be like, hey, goodbye. Um, but um, in the back of my head, there was always that, that that property management business because you and and, and other people that you have interviewed uh, will probably agree that, that there's better business that creating a business that has recurring income, right? Because that's that's what makes, uh, uh, um, you know, many, many companies uh, started uh, in property management, large companies, you know, with small portfolios, and then you keep growing and growing. So that was my plan. Um, when Vision Property Management started, um, we were using um, maintenance vendors, and it was uh, it was so hard to find a good, reliable uh, maintenance vendor, um, and also the the quality was there sometimes and sometimes not. And then also the, what you call it, uh, fixing your errors. If for any reason the maintenance person or the vendor didn't do a good job, good luck trying to get it back, you know, within 24 or 40 hours. I mean, you know, that person is already in another job order or, or, a, or, or a project. So it was very hard. So I told myself, um, that in order for me to control the maintenance of the property management business, it was a good idea to open a sister company that can help them with making sure that all the work orders are done within 72 hours, which is our goal. Um, and the reason why, again, it's, it's from, from um, accountability, uh, making sure that you have the resources to to do this and then boom you know the, the the maintenance person is there and then uh, also because um, believe it or not but in property management the challenges and the uh, bad reviews and what people complain about 90% of it is maintenance yep so you control that maintenance as much as you can you are gonna have a, a, a good sailing for the day you know, right. I mean, you're going to, you know, so that's how I started that. And then the construction, you know, the company already existed. So basically now what is happening is that we're getting invited to, uh, to do unit turnovers or remodels or exterior repairs. And, you know, we put a bit and then uh, the property managers get another two bits. And then, um, I have built this relationship with a lot of the clients that they feel more comfortable doing the work with me. And the reason why is because, you know, I, I'm being held accountable by vision, right? So if vision is, has their own clients and I'm doing the construction, it's like, no, 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 vision does this to me. It's like, no, no, come back. You know, you need to make sure that you finish the work and the work is, 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 is at a good quality. So that's kind of like the reason why I decided to combine, you know, these three uh, tasks in, in a triangle that makes sense. And, yeah. And, and all of them are connected, you know? 
Okay. So there, cause they are all different companies. You had the construction business, then you started the property management business, and then you decided, Hey, I need to start a maintenance business too, so that I have reliable vendors for the properties I manage. Exactly. And then it all kind of falls in line. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, it's interesting because we've talked to a lot of people in the past. And I've all, I've also watched a lot of blog videos where, um, clients that I've worked with, like property managers that I've worked with in the past, there's been this debate debate on, um, is it a conflict of interest to have all of the companies, uh, under one roof, under one roof, mm -hmm. or is it a benefit? And I feel like I, I, nobody's ever really explained it the way that you just explained it to me, but it seems so, uh, it seems so simple. simple. It's yeah. so simple. And at the end of the day, what you're seeing is the reason your trifecta works is because the accountability lies with just one entity, right? And okay. as you mentioned, um, a lot of the bad reviews around property management stems from maintenance. Yeah. And, and we see that too. Yeah. And so I guess it, it's all a matter of, well, if you have the bandwidth and the capacity to own that maintenance piece, mm -hmm. then by all means, like, don't like leave that, um, opportunity hanging. Right. And then right. that way you can have full accountability and full control of the experience as well of your renters and your owners. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so, um, yes, you were saying something. Yeah, no, there's, there's one say, you know, it says too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. You know, you, you want to make sure that there's only one party that you can say, well, um, Carlos fixed that a year ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. Actually, I'm going to go there and then take care of it instead of like, oh yeah, such and such vendor fixed it a year ago. Well, you call the vendor is like, phone is disconnected, you know, or the guy is out of business or you can, cannot be found, you know, right. especially when you're dealing with, with money. And then at the same time is that um, some tenants, you know, they, they don't want to wait. Some, some tenants are like, you know what? Most tenants don't want to wait. I, I want it now. And I'm like, you know, so we have the, the, the luxury, you know, and, 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 and blessed to be able to call, pick up the phone and say, hey, Brandon, could you please go there right now? You know, because yeah. this is getting out of hand. Yeah, Instead that's powerful. Of, yeah, instead of calling a vendor, he's like, ooh, I don't know, maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday. And I'm like, whoa, but I need somebody. And then if you want an emergency, you know, or somebody, you're probably paying, my, my clients sometimes are paying three times what they're actually, you know, yeah. are supposed to. So if we can provide that, you know, and, and again, you know, um, every time we, we, this idea to a new client, you know, we, we come with, you um, uh, market market hourly rates, you know, uh, our materials, our 10% markup on materials. So there is a, a, a clarity, you know, I'm, I'm a CPM, I'm a certified property manager. And, you know, one of the things that we're hold accountable is to our code of ethics. You know, when, uh, when conflict of interest is actually a big word for us as a CPM, because you have to disclose all these things. You have to be upfront to them and say, look, this is who we are. This is our plan. This is our business model. This is how it works. Check our references. And then when they start listening to it, like you both, they're like, it makes perfect sense. You know, so yeah. they, but, but some people don't understand until they're being, you know, explained, right? What, mm -hmm. how, how this model works. Mm -hmm. 
So what kinds of challenges did you face when you started setting up these different companies? So of course, you already had the construction business mm-hmm. and then you said you asked for a couple of weeks or a couple months, months a month, months. a couple months, mm-hmm. a few months to set up the property management piece. And then, you know, running two companies is one thing, but then deciding to, you know, create a third piece and form a trifecta and then consolidate them is a completely different beast. So you know, walk us through that journey. Yes. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I call it, you know, trial, trials and errors, right? You, um, you kind of like go and, and vision was already running um, and, uh, and performing as a startup, you know, performing uh, at, a, at a good pace. Um, one of the main things that that vision uh, went through uh, was the uh, sort of one of the biggest challenges that we had is is it's finding loyal employees, you know. Mm-hmm. What I mean about what I I mean by that is it's very simple. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm 43. I, I had you know uh, four jobs in in 18 years, right? So that gives me what like a four and a half average in each job, right? Um, and look, don't get me wrong. It, the economy is strong and, and we want to make more money. But when I was getting new employees, they negotiated everything, right? The, the salaries, the responsibilities, the benefits. And then suddenly, like within six months, they're like, well, I found a new job and I got to go. It's like, wow. You know, it's like, so there's not, not sort of, not that loyalty anymore where you want to, you know, grind and give it all you got and, you know, and, and sacrifice and, and, and show what you know, what you really are about. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I just feel that if that's what you want to do, then you should not be compromising in a startup and saying, we need someone to help us. So if you're up for it, let's jump in the trench with us and let's do it, right? So, and then also um, all the good employees, as we all know, are already working for a good company. The ones that are hireable right now, they are like, okay. So sometimes I did hire um, because I felt desperate and I learned my lesson, you know, I remember, you know, one of my mentors used to tell me, is like, don't, don't, you know, don't hire slow and fire quick. Right. That's what he always told me. So I kind of like went against that and then I was hiring too fast. So I learned those lessons as well. And then, um, so that's, that was the biggest challenge is, 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 is people. Yeah. Finding the people, you know, that, that can, you know, can walk the talk and, and can actually do a good job, you know, yeah. and the loyalty part of it. Um, from that, you know, um, the journey has always been about no pointing fingers. Uh, we're in an environment where my team, it's an open forum, you know, open floor. We, 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 we talk, we, I, I have never... You know, uh, I always um, ask them to 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 teach me things, and and and, and because I, yes, I, I might have more experience than them, but always to teach me things. So, when when we had all these mistakes and all these errors in property management, or maybe you know we didn't uh, lease a unit, or we didn't advertise it the way we were supposed to, or we didn't manage this property well. Or you know the accounting was messed up in one of the of, of, of our clients. So instead of pointing fingers, what I always tried to do is embrace my team. Like I'm a big hugger, so I was like, let's 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 group together and, and let's learn from this. 
you know, and, and that's what makes us better. Like, you know, three of my employees here have been with me almost three years now and they've seen it all, you know, they've seen it all. So it's funny because now when we have a little situation or problem, they're just like laughing. And I remember back in the day, they were like, oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> and now they're like, eh, you know, we know what to do, right? So we got it. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can, I can imagine. Right. So, um, just, just creating a, a safe culture for one company is difficult. Mm -hmm. Also training people, making sure that mistakes are documented and remedied, um, getting the processes getting set up for yeah. each company to talk to each other. And who does that? Yeah. Who does that for each company? Cause you have three. No, yes, yes. So um, um, my, my right hand, Jamie, is, is kind of in, in charge of, of vision uh, operations. Um, you know, we have this handbook that we created, this policy and procedures that we created when we started vision. It started with like three pages. <laughs> and now it's probably about 25, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, we're adding more things and we, we're, you know, we're making sure and again, trials and errors. We tried this way, it didn't work. We tried this way, that it worked. So um, when we incorporated the maintenance and the, um, and the construction, what we did, which was probably one of the best decisions that I made, was the property managers from Vision were doing maintenance. So what I did is like the property managers now are going to only deal with tenants, delinquencies, and clients. That's it. Maintenance is totally separate. So what I did is I free some of the time from the property managers to be more successful in dealing with tenants and clients, which is a people's business, instead of dealing with roaches and, and rats and, 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 and leaking toilets that are leaking. I'd rather pull that to another department, which is this company called Building Synergy, that does all the maintenance work orders. So better control under the maintenance department which again, is 90% probably uh, uh, of the problems that a property management company is, is being run on a day-to-day -day under my supervision. So I'm in charge of that uh, maintenance department and unit turnovers and little construction projects. And then my construction division has also project managers that work on large projects, like uh, if you know over $50,000, right? Up to half a million dollars. So Jamie does vision, I do the maintenance, and then I have my project managers run the construction. When those three are hugging each other because they're interacting with each other, you know, we know already exactly what to do because we've already been there, we have some manuals. And again, also one of the, the biggest things that we have here in the office is that it's a, it's, it's a large office and everybody's, you know, next to each other and we're talking. And, it's not oh, that so we're, all of the companies are in one in one yes, office. Yes, oh, we are. You know, but you know, one corner is one, and one corner. But we're like together, right? That's and we're cool so too. we're so nosy that we're always listening. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're, and, and believe it or not, you 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 don't know how much you can learn by just you know listening. Totally agreed. I mean, we have in our office, we don't have offices really. We have conference rooms that we go into. But we don't have cubicles. No, we don't have cubicles. We have like Ikea desks. Yeah, and open, open uh, floor plan, very yeah. Silicon Valley. Like I am always listening. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's very, one of the reasons that we do that is because you're able to hear the other 
um, strategies or the other problems that people are facing and you absorb that without even realizing that you're absorbing it. So to have those three companies all in one office, I feel like that's, that's just so smart because it probably helps the different teams troubleshoot um, stuff, too. troubleshoot stuff, but also uh, understand what the other team's pain points are and the problems that they have to face if the other team doesn't deliver mm -hmm. what they're supposed to deliver and those types of things. Yeah, a little example. Today, you know, we, we had a water leak yesterday, uh, an emergency like at 7 p.m. And then, so we were dealing with that. You know, there's always um, a maintenance, a maintenance uh, tech uh, that receives uh, call after hours calls. And then uh, today in the morning, you know, we're, we're talking about it, you know, and then suddenly the tenant calls to get an update. And then, so my property manager doesn't have to pick up the phone or find an office, you know, we're right there. And she's like, oh, okay, let me put your hole. He's actually here. So ask me a question, answer, boom, done, update to the tenant right away. You know, and the tenant is like, oh my God, you guys are so great. You know, this happened at 7 p.m. last night. You guys are already under control, you know, so which is great. Yeah, that's great. It seems like you, um, you really put a lot of thought into like how to set up not just the businesses, but also the processes and like even the office, right? Um, and so before you like um, took the plunge, so to speak, of combining, you know, creating your trifecta, did you do any kind of like, due diligence, like analysis to figure out like what are the risks involved in setting this up this way versus the other way? Like what were the things you were looking at? Sure. So um, the first thing that I did was, um, and actually this is what I did when I, when I started Vision. Uh, I, I already knew um, that this 25 unit portfolio from my other client was coming. But I went on Yelp and Google and I started reviewing all these property management companies in 2016. And I did not find one that had more than three stars in 2016 on Yelp. And I was like, I, was, I remember I was sitting there in on my living room and I just did this gasp. And I was like, oh. it's like, you know, it's like, is really, is this really actually happening? Because, you know, again, I, I come from property management. So I, I, I was doing property manager for 18 years. So then I said, all right. So I started doing an analysis of all the reviews. I spent probably five hours just writing, reading all the reviews and checking leasing, maintenance, and clients' complaints. So after my survey of five hours, again, 90% of all those were maintenance. 5% was leasing, like, oh, you charge me for an application fee, blah, 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 and I didn't get it. And the other were, were clients that said, oh, well, you, you mismanaged my property. You didn't care about it. But 90% were maintenance. So then when I, when I thought about that, was like, okay, so if I do a property management company, I was really busy with construction. So I was not really thinking about maintenance. So I try out the vendors and all that stuff. You know, because at the end of the day, my, my return of investment in construction was bigger than my return on investment in maintenance. So when I created the maintenance department, I didn't do it based on the return on investment. I just did it because it fits perfectly with vision model. And it picks, and if, if, if maintenance does well, vision will continue doing well. Right. That was my thought process. It's like, if I can get that maintenance department, you know, secure and running efficiently and smooth, oh my God. 
vision can go out there and, and, and conquer South Bay, San Francisco, and other areas. So that was kind of like my part of my due diligence. And then also talking with, with, all, with the clients. At that point, I only had like 70 units. So I talked to my, again, my, 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 my client from my construction company who lives in the city. He said, um, so who are they going to do the maintenance? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to hire some subs and, and start doing that. And then so I did it. And then I called him. I said, would you be more comfortable if I charge you this amount of money per hour, you know, plus the materials? And if I do your, your maintenance work orders? And he said, I've been waiting for you to do that. So I think that's a good idea. You know, and then I called my other clients and I said, will you be okay if I do that? I will start a new corporation. I just want you to be okay with that. And he said, of course, I, I think, you know, and again, I, I, the way I explained to you, you know, I, I went in, a, in a, a lunch and then the other one was in a phone call. I said, the, the reason why I want to do this is because I want to make sure that I'm taking care of your asset more efficiently, you know, and, and make sure that we respond to these tenants requests in a faster way. You know, instead of waiting sometimes for the subs. And then um, I check also market rates for labor on maintenance in the city in Oakland, what, what handymans were charging, what people were charging for markup for materials. So I incorporated all my data and I found a, a good way to, to, to present this new company to my, to my investors, I mean, to my clients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you did a lot of work. Like yeah. I, I can't think of anyone we've spoken to. Maybe they just don't want to share. You know, <laughs> pouring through Yelp, reading every single review because it's interesting. Um, a lot of times when people think about getting into a line of business, the first thing that comes to mind is the ROI, right? Right. And the ROI of that specific leg. Mm -hmm. And in in your instance, you found that I'm not really gonna make like you know tons of money from or you don't have to make tons of money yeah, but, for but, it to work for you yeah but it's but you shifted your thinking and realized that actually maintenance in itself is not the money-making business but it's like a turbocharger mm -hmm. you know to propel the vision property management company forward and so it's like a long-term play right yes it's, it's part it was it's part of the equation mm -hmm. you know to, to make sure that this works and then, uh, and also, I, I believe that that maintenance, um, and, and let's, let's be real. I mean, you know, maintenance, it's not fun, like dealing with roaches and rats and, and, and pieces all over when they Every you, girl's dream come yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but I, I believe that, that that is more than that. It's, it's about the, 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 the customer service and, 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 and making sure that your tenants, you know, they're paying their rent. They go to work and they pay their rent, and we all know these huge amounts of rent right, in the Bay Area. So we want to make sure that you know they're paying the rent, and then if they need us, we're there. And, and it's, it's it's customer service, and and I always tell people is like, yeah, sometimes we might not like it, but we're signed up for it, so we have to get we have to get it done. Yeah. You know. So because then that's the part that I really liked that that's the first thing you did is just like during your research, let's look at reputation. Uh, most people don't think to do that. Most people like, and, and Marie just said this, but it's like most people look at the money. They look at what's in it for them, but you, you took it from the approach of how can I serve better? How is this going to make my customer experience overall better? And I think that's really cool. 
Um, and it's, it's proving to be successful. I mean, yeah, you have four and a half stars on Yelp because I, I still see people with the three stars because it's difficult. And that's like, Yelp is like a swear word in our industry. It's like, don't bring it up. It is. But you're killing it. Yes. No, thank you. And, and you know, I, again, it's, um, we, we want to make sure that, you know, the, the, the maintenance, uh, it's, it's kind of like uh, your, your weakest point in, in this industry. And uh, especially also with clients, because when um, a client signs an account to us and sees some maintenance charges, you know, they, they want to make sure that if you're charging for something that the work is being done on a timely basis, that is under warranty, and most important is that this doesn't happen again. So in order for me to control those three things, mm-hmm. I needed to be more involved in it. Because if I use a sub or someone else, I don't have that much control. The only control I have is how to dial his phone number. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So once you were there, how were you able to identify that it was working? Like your, because you had, you did your research, your due diligence, you came up with your plan of action. Did you set KPIs? Did was you, there a timeline? Yeah that you, you yes. were like, okay, we're going to go live this date. And then this has to happen within three months. This has to happen mm-hmm. by six months for me to know it's working. Right. So on, in June of 2016, June, July, August, September, uh, in October, um, we were working on many ideas for vision. Vision was like the word, just a vision, you know, in, in my mind. And, but I was already doing some work, some, some analysis and, 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 and trying to, to come up with, with a name and a logo and stuff until I was very blessed by having this opportunity with this client who gave me these 25 units. So I was, I'm a big spreadsheets guy, you know, spreadsheets is like, I call it my Bible. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm old school, you know, it's like, and I always tell people numbers don't lie, you know, they don't. So um, I have what is called this double check, you know, for me. So basically, it's a, I check my, my spreadsheet where I see everything that is happening from uh, new clients, uh, pipeline, uh, and then we have this spreadsheet, how many units we're closing per month. Uh, that's on the, on, the, um, on, the, on the property management side. Same with leasing. How many, we have a forecast of leasing for 60 days. What's currently right now, what is coming, who gave 30 day notices. And then my third check um, comes from my, uh, my maintenance work orders. My maintenance work orders, which is great, has a three ways of, 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 of review process and making sure that people are happy with it. Uh, one comes from, uh, there's a, a, a folio that has a survey uh, there's another one that has uh, reputation.com that is also helping us with that. And then uh, we have what is called our own check. So basically, uh, my team in maintenance randomly selects people and says, all right, uh, during the week, we have done 50 work orders. So I'm the one who personally sends a couple emails and says, uh, we finish a work order, a personal email says, how, how was it? Did you like it? Was it pleasant? Did we take care of you? Blah, blah, blah. 
So just checking on that, you know, I don't check with all of them, but sometimes it's important. So when I check all this and then within this big spreadsheet that I have, um, I also check obviously, you know, the uh, money coming in, money coming going. Uh, I can tell you that after three years, uh, vision broke even two months ago. Um, so now we're going to start seeing some profits. Um, you know, I remember, you know, the first, the first, you know, 24, 27 months, it was just writing checks, writing checks, writing checks. Right. right? But again, um, I was like, like you said, I, I was not worried about the ROI. I was more worried about creating a business that, um, that um, I'm advertising, Jamie's advertising, Christina's advertising, that they're talking with these perfect clients. I wanna sell something that we're so happy doing this on a day-to-day -day basis. And most important is that if we're telling you that we wanna do this, we wanna believe in what we're doing. You know, we wanna taste it, we wanna feel it, we wanna sweat it, we wanna do all these things. So if we do that, and we come here and then besides that, there's a good culture and we're having fun. You know, it, it is already a home run, you know, yeah, so. It's working. It is, you know, and so that's how I, I, I feel it. Like I, I, I also check with, with, with my teams, you know, we do weekly lunches. I take, you know, one-on-one -on -one coffee break or even if it's a five minute check-in or even texting in the middle of the night or in the morning and a weekend, hey, how are you? So checking that everything is working, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is because uh, my day-to-day -day from eight to five, I'm doing these different things, but my, my check comes from like my, my big checking in with numbers and, and surveys and making sure that works comes usually between 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And I do this probably three or four days a week. You know, so after my day is done from 6, 10, put my headphones on and then it's on. Yeah. yeah, like you're you're literally a serial entrepreneur. Like you're so um, obsessed with getting the pulse of your business that not only do you have like this giant spreadsheet where you're using for forecasting, but you're not just double checking, you're triple checking everything. And yeah, what well really struck me was um, a lot of um, a lot of people really love that you know you can send surveys through Appfolio for mm -hmm. maintenance and you know with Reputation.com too. Like when you sign up for Reputation services with Foreign Happy, kind of help you, you kind automate of automate it. some mm -hmm. of that process so that it yeah. frees you up. But you're like, yes, I and I love that, but nothing beats like personal, personal connection. And so an instinct an instinct because like you even were like the numbers don't lie I'm a numbers guy, but you you aren't just looking at the numbers you're looking at the numbers and making sure they make sense but then you're also like listening and 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 observing yeah yeah, yeah I give you a good example we just uh, met with this couple from Oakland around Lake Mary they have a fourplex a young couple uh, born and raised in Oakland they bought their first property I think they own a couple properties but they had an interview with us for an hour and they were like, you know, we, we want to, we're changing companies, but we want to make sure that you're like the real deal because I'm busy and she's busy and we have our careers going. So we need a company. So they made it so personal that after that meeting, I told Jamie, Jamie, if we get this fourplex, I want to make sure that we're checking with them at least once a month. 
because they're like so, you know, they're, they're putting a lot on us, which is fine. I like challenges. But at the same time, I just want to make sure that, that they feel like we really care about them. And that, that meeting that we actually listened and we did, you know, what he really expected. So I told Jamie um, last week, actually, I said, um, it's been two months. And I said, I know you checked with him last month. Could you check with him again? So she sent me an email on Saturday and said, yeah, I checked with them. They're great. They said that everything is working good. So little things like that, you know, even with tenants and, and sometimes with even with clients that are managing the properties and sometimes I haven't seen a work order like in months and suddenly it pops in my head and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to check in. You know, it doesn't take guys. It doesn't take more than 10 seconds. You're right. And he's like, Hey, you know, just checking in see how you're doing. You know, nothing to report, you know, hopefully as well, you know, that's it. And then um, one thing that we implemented uh, recently, three months ago, uh, because I'm coming more involved in the day-to-day -day of vision from the maintenance department and the leadership, you know, um, is the fact that we make an, I make an, a very personal introduction email to all my clients. It doesn't matter if it's 80 units or one little home. Uh, I send an email and tell them that, you know, give them my personal cell phone, my email, and tell them that I'm here, welcome them. I'm here to help you. You know, if for any reason, which I highly doubt, a property manager doesn't reply to you or the leasing department doesn't reply to you or maintenance Jessica doesn't reply to you or Jamie doesn't reply to you, you can call me, you know, because I'm here to help you, you know, because I believe that, that that is just not, it's not just signing an account and then put it in the books and let's go to the next one. It's more than that. It's yeah. like make them sure that, you know what, it's, that's their little investment. That's their little yeah. retirement plan. Make them feel like it's a special because it is, you know, we are homeowners. We will be homeowners one day and we know how important it is a little home. That's our investment. That's probably going to pass to our kids and to our generation. So treat it with love and respect. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, you're, you're, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was, I mean, it's, it circles back to what you were talking about earlier, just customer, customer service, but it's like, it's a journey. It's not mm -hmm. just a hit it and forget it type of thing. And I feel like that ties back to, ties back to the oh. reputation to how people were feeling. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, when you mentioned that you, um, send a personal email to clients that sign up with you and you give them your personal cell phone, my first reaction was like alarm bells mm -hmm. because most property managers, a lot of our listeners out there would have probably felt the same because like, oh no, like why would I give my personal number? And then in the middle of the night, they're going to call me rather than go through the hotline. But I think like that's testament to how much you trust mm -hmm. your people and the systems you set up, right? Because you know, they're not going to call you because you know, everything's going to go fine. But it just gives them that extra feeling of security that yeah. like, you know, you got them, mm -hmm. you're a person. And like, yeah, it feels special. Yeah, like, the CEO, you know, is yes, and then also, also like I give you another example. Like in maintenance, um, we we just got this new account. It's an old couple. They're retired. They live in Oregon. It's a beautiful house in Oakland Hills. And then the contractor that did the renovation for some reason bailed out, and she had to hire another contractor. So um, it's hard to find. It's hard to get this contractor to come back and fix some things that were under warranty. So I've been helping her with, with that, you know, and she's like, Carlos, you know, we're a retired couple. That's our only investment. We are on a fixed income. 
right? So me spending all this money in maintenance work orders, you know, it's tough. So, you know, I'm like, I, I told her, it's like, look, uh, we're going to work over the weekend. And I'm, my guy is there working on, on the weekend. But here's my cell phone. You just call me on Saturday and Sunday. I talked to that lady like 10 times over the weekend. But it's fine. You know why it is fine? And I'll tell you why. And that might not happen again. Um, but I decided to do this because number one is she's been with us for four months. It's a new client. They're not in Oakland. They live out of state. And then they're, you know, in their 70s. They need a help. And I was just thinking, Carlos, what about if, they, if those were your parents or your grandparents? You know, what would you do? You know, what, what, what would you expect other people to do? And I said, showing some sort of uh, an extra mile, you know, going that extra mile for customer service doesn't hurt you, doesn't do anything. You know, it's just showing that you care. And then uh, that happened probably a month and a half ago. A month and a half ago, we took care of everything. I haven't heard from her, which is great. You know, and I, but she did send me an email to say, so thank you about everything that you have done for us. Blah, blah. So now the house is running smoothly, but I just did that because sometimes you need to always remember yourself, where you're coming from, where you want to go, and some sort of, uh, because at the end of the day, we're people. And we need to show some sort of, uh, uh, that we care, you know? Yeah, I really like that just because I think that it is it is really easy to in in the the day and age we live in where it's so easy to have like an automated solution where you don't need yeah. to talk to somebody. I feel like we take it for granted just the human interaction and since since we're so not used to having the human interaction anymore. It's that much more impactful when you work with a company who's offering more than just a button right. on a website. And don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, we're going in that direction. We're going with the, the whole, uh, you know, answering service. Everything is done through, uh, you know, online. You know, and, and sometimes you don't you don't have a designated person to talk to. I understand that. And, and, and I think that, you know, in, believe me, probably in 30, 40 years, we will be there. But now um, a lot of companies trying to get there. Great. I think that's fantastic. That's the whole, uh, you know, love and essence of being an entrepreneur, right? Trying new things and, and, and see if it works and if it sticks and working hard for it. But right now, uh, what I decided to do with my team, and we talk about this all the time, is that, um, you know, the, our model is a little different. It's a little more personal. It's a little more tangible, like, you know, you something that you can touch and you can hug and you can pick up the phone, like me giving my cell phone to this client or, you know, yeah. Jamie talking with clients on at 7 p.m. Or, or meeting at their home at 7 p.m. Like tonight, she has a meeting at 7 p.m. and Sally is going with her for a building that is 38 units, you know, and they decided to have the meeting in the building. So they're going there and then trying to get this account and make it a little more personal. So we decided that, um, that we'll work for the volume, we'll work for those, we'll fight for those accounts. But at the same time, I wanna make sure that, that they feel that there is um, something that they can connect with, 
something that they can come and visit, something that they can come and see, something that they can actually have a cell phone to call and leave a message, and somebody that is gonna return an email. I have a policy here that we return emails within 24 hours. That's it. This is, this is number one. And believe me, we don't even take 24 hours. I see a lot of the emails coming and going in the general inbox. My team is badass. They reply <laughs> like within freaking 20 minutes less, you know, which is great. I don't know how they do it, but I kind of have an idea because I get probably 100 emails a day. Yeah. So I have an idea of how they do it. So it's communication. There's never enough communication. It's one of our core values in the company. There's never enough communication. Yeah. And I think I, I agree. Even I feel like there, there is a middle ground. You can automate a lot of stuff, but still having the ability to call somebody if I need to talk to somebody is a, is a really good thing. So, I mean, if I, if I have a problem in the middle of the night, I don't want to talk to somebody. I do like, you do kind of want to go in, fill out a yeah. form. And if you get a response immediately, that's amazing. So there is like, there is some good middle ground, but just having the people is never going to not be important. Maybe unless we get like brain chips or something. Um, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm getting all sci-fi. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I know. Not quite yet. I don't know. Yeah. There was that Google, Google glass, Google glass. I that, thought that they, was the beginning, they, but it went away. Yeah. You guys, do you guys recall that, that article a year ago that there was this uh, robot that was doing a, a, a leasing agent? He was showing apartments. It was, it what? was a robot. Yeah. Oh, it was, they were trying, I'll have to look that up. I remember, um, I remember the scary robot that was like, I'm going to kill you all <laughs> or whatever, but we will look that up for sure. Um, okay. So it sounds like you, you have a really good system here. Is there anything that falls through the cracks with the, with the three companies? Are there, uh, what are some of the biggest pieces of advice you would give to somebody that wants to expand and wants to come up with the full service solution really like you've, you've done? Yes. I, I think that that's, that's probably one of the, the most exciting questions in, in, in this, in this interview. Um, Many things fell through the cracks in, in the beginning of the vision. Uh, many of them, and and you know some of them are are are, are good stories. Um, I learned in business uh, as a property manager, as a um, as an entrepreneur, and also as a father. I learned my favorite word is risk management. That's my favorite word. In any business that I'm gonna, I already open, that I'm gonna open in the future, that's my favorite word, risk management. So how do we, how do we control that? How do we, you know, we, we, we not allow these things to fall through the cracks? So I implemented um, a weekly meeting. Um, it's a weekly meeting with, with my leasing team, my property management team, my maintenance team, my construction team. So basically what we do is, um, Everybody's responsible to create an agenda. We don't like long meetings, so all of our meetings should be under 30 minutes because I hate long meetings. Uh, agenda, bullet points, bum, 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 and in big red, in big red is what is, what is uh, what things that are risk management. That's something that needs our attention, right? It's in red. So throughout the day or throughout the week, sometimes we hear things, sometimes we talk, sometimes Steph, 
everybody says, oh, that is going to be in red in the, in, the, in the agenda for this week. So we're already thinking about it. And then, you know, when we wake up or when we go to sleep, that's that red line right there is in our heads. You know, it's like, that's, that's the problem. So weekly meetings, we talk about everything and then we spend more time on the red. And then we're like, okay, so how do we resolve this? What have we learned? And a lot of the things are already in, in motion. Like we seen these things happen before. So now we know exactly what to do. But it's important, we, you know, we still talk about it. We still, you know, have a conversation. And so that, that weekly meeting to me is, is a time for me to check in with the team uh, to see how they're doing, uh, especially on the delinquencies, uh, to make sure that everybody's paying the rent on time. And if for any reason we're not getting that rent, we need to, to, to let the client know, hey, client, we serve them with a 30-day notice. The guy said he's going to pay next week. So give him an update. Uh, and um, we just want to make sure that uh, we're always communicating on things. You know, I, I tell my I tell my team all the time, uh, nobody likes surprises. I don't. You know, I mean, you just you just say, you know, unless you're giving me a million dollars, then you know, I like that surprise. <laughs> but, uh, we especially, you know, it, and and then one, another thing I want to add to that is that um, when there's a problem. And, and a big expense or a problem with, with one of our clients' properties, you know, tell them right away. Yeah. Right away. Because if you are trying to avoid it or put it under the rug or hide it or no, I don't want him to know, it's going to get worse. Mm. I think that the faster that you deliver the bad news and the big economic impact, you know what? The better that you're going to resolve the problem and the faster too. You know? And then I always believe that after... A bad news, there always comes a good one. Like saying, job is completed, tenant is happy, you're going to get your rent. Yeah. yeah. It's a good rule to live by for sure. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's against like human nature. Like when maybe something goes wrong, notice. you're kind of like, maybe I can figure out how to fix it before I mm -hmm. tell the person. <laughs> and then if yeah. I tell them, hey, this broke, but I fixed it, it'll be better. But then a lot of times you don't have a good sense of how long it takes. Yeah. And then by the time, you know, the news, you know, um, it reaches the concerned person, you know, they, maybe they have a solution that you right. didn't think about, or it's just that, Oh, like where you were hiding it from me. And so it's like you said, right? Like the faster you can mm -hmm. deliver the bad news, it's still gonna, it's still gonna suck. The faster you can deliver a solution too, though. Like you were saying, it's like, Hey, here's the bad news. And who knows, maybe 30 minutes later, you can deliver the good news saying tenants yeah. happy, rents paid, X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. You know, there was a couple of bad reviews when we started Vision on a Yelp page. And I, I always learn a lesson. We always tell my team is um, there's the, our offices are open forum. We're an open book, you know, bringing everything to my attention because I don't read minds. I cannot read minds. You know, if you tell me the problem, trust me that I will help you to fix it. And the sooner you do it, the better. I will help you because that's my job is to make sure that, that you know, that, that I'm guiding you and, and I'm training you and I'm mentoring you to fix things, you know. And if you give me that chance, the faster that you can do that, the better outcome is going to come. Yeah. Well, any, any more questions from you? Um, just one more question for me. Sure. So, um, Given that you're 
you're basically in three although connected still separate like industries so construction maintenance and property management how do you guys like keep up with things that are changing in each of those um verticals right because you know things that change in property management might affect the others but sometimes something changes that affects construction that has nothing to do with property management and so do you have one person multiple people looking out for those like changes in the industry or the laws yes no, that, that's a good question. You know, we live in Oakland, Hayward, Berkeley, Alameda, right? They, they change the laws every month. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, and I believe that um, subscriptions and different associations in the East Bay helps a lot because that's their job. That's what they're in the business to update you and, 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 and give you all these new laws and emails. They provide a lot of seminars that we are actually attend. Uh, Christina just attended one in Alameda last month. So we're always constantly checking for those seminars. Um, I also believe in education. I believe in, I'm a big fan of education and preparing my team to, to, be, um, to be always uh, ready for new challenges, right? Um, for example, Jamie and Chris, when they joined my company two and a half years ago, the first thing I did was like, all right, sign up for the real estate exam, right? So now they're, you know, they're a salesperson. Uh, now the next one is then Jamie, Christina, Chris, and Sally sign up for the uh, HOA, you know, pass mm-hmm. your exam to manage HOAs, et cetera. So um, I believe that the more that you prepare, you know, um, the better that you're going to perform. And, uh, and it's, it's always something that, that uh, a company should invest in because, you know, you guys are the representation. They are the representations of the leadership of the company. You know, it's kind of like what, you know, sometimes when you see a kid that is having a tantrum or behaving bad, you're like, oh, my God, I wonder how are their parents, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, you know, with employees. You know, they're like, oh, I wonder how is the CEO that <laughs> You know, so you want to make sure that, you know, you're giving me, and most important is you, you have to give the, the employees the tools that they need to perform. And education is one of the main ones for sure. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Do you have any more questions? No, I'm good. I mean, this was very insightful. I think that um, it, it gives our listeners a lot to think about. I think the, one of the main takeaways for me is just, uh, one, you earn success through great customer service and relationships. Another thing is don't, don't, if you're thinking about expanding into a different line of business or creating a supplementary company for, for your property management business, it doesn't always have to be something that's going to make you a lot of money right now. You have to look at the big picture because with yeah. you, right? Like it wasn't just that, oh, I want to make more money. Let's start a business company. It was more of like, I want to make my company better. Yes. Like, I want to yeah. serve better. So that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. So thank you yeah. so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. Um, of course. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, as usual, let us know if you have questions. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and let us know if you have any questions for Carlos.